This episode of Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing. Based in Motorvale on Sydney's northern beaches, one of Australia's best craft brewers, be sure to check the guys out online or why not visit the brewery. Thank you to Modus for your support of the show. Well, we're coming into the final round of the competition, uh, round 13, with finals just around the corner. Lots of ladder positions up for grabs. Andrew Swain from Fox Sports will be jumping on to talk about all the action. We might have a quick chat about the Bledisloe coming up this weekend, Bledisloe 1 over in New Zealand, and uh, also reviewing all the action from round 12. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Shootcast. <laughs> Welcome to Shootcast, our round 12 wrap. Joining me on the line is that man, Andrew Swain. Swainy, how was your long weekend? Yeah, good, Burjo. It was uh, pretty intense with kids and, and all that sort of thing, as most people's long weekends normally are these days. But um, I'll tell yeah. you what, I'm looking forward to the next weekend. Uh, hopefully it's not a long, long, long weekend, um, and hopefully the, the Wallabies can show us something. Sunday afternoon, mate. Bladders low one. It must be a busy week for you. Uh, how's the preparation gone for yourself? And how are our guy? How are our boys looking uh, as they take on uh, the big dark cloud that is the All Blacks? Yeah, the darkness. I love it, um, oh, mate. I I think it's it's one of the great things about this year uh, for the Wallabies and in this build up to the Bladders low is that because of COVID and because they're in a quarantine bubble. It's kind of shrouded them in a bit of mystery, and yeah. and I, I like that. I like that we're we're not um, really knowing what's going on behind the scenes. Publicly, what I found very interesting this year is listening to I listen to every press conference that's come out of Wallabies camp from every player, and they've all been extremely complimentary to the hospitality that they're getting over in New Zealand, and there's been this real charm offensive about it. It's a different vibe. Um, very different vibe to what we've, uh, you know, it's always been siege mentality, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, particularly the last few years. Uh, but this year it's very interesting to hear them being very complimentary about their, their hosts. And I think, you know, in terms of the team, like who knows what Dave Rennie's going to roll out. you think it would be from all the, the reports that we're sort of hearing out of Wallabies camp, you'd think it will be a mixture of, youngsters and uh, veterans and and you know you could probably put together a, a fairly um, accurate wallabies team right now I reckon but you know we might we might be surprised as well and and I guess we'll find that all out on Friday I'm looking forward to it though it's going to be a ripper of a, a weekend yeah we're certainly having to wait uh, till later in the week I guess it's a Sunday kickoff so the team's not announced till Friday I did read Paul Kelly's article uh, on the week and he predicted his starting side I thought it looked pretty good pretty probably what we we're going to expect as you just said a bit of young a uh, bit of old um, so yeah I, it, it's going to be a real test though uh, for our guys with a new coach and, and a new squad although you know New Zealand are coming off there for, for their first game of the over the years so Hopefully we can match them up front and, and keep it competitive. Yeah, exactly right. If we can take one of these first two tests off them, um, mm. surpri- that'd surprise everyone, I'm sure, because I don't think the expectations are, you know, astronomical for the Wallabies this year. Uh, you know, people still 
you know, it's it's midweek before a Bledisloe. I always get a little bit um, optimistic at this time <laughs> before a Bledisloe, yeah. Yeah, uh, which is often unfounded and, and extremely inaccurate. But, you know, if I can take one of these first two tests off the All Blacks, then who knows what will happen. It's 2020, mate. There's been some weird stuff happen this year. Yeah, mate, there has been some weird stuff on the week on the weekend. You only had to look at the Premier League results. Aston Villa beating Liverpool 7-2 and Come Tottenham beating Manchester game. United 6-1. I mean, yeah, you're right. 2020, mate, it's, it's, it's the year for weirdness. You never know. That's it, my it, kettle boiling in the background. If you can hear that, that's okay. Uh, watch it. Beautiful. Just put in a cup of tea. Just put in a cup of tea, mate. Nice cup of tea, mate. Beautiful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. And um, it, it, i tell you what. It'd be the twilight zone if the Wallabies can win the Bledders Lake Cup this year because they have to win three games against the All Blacks. But, you know, stranger things have happened. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Bledders Lake 1 in Wellington and then Bledders Lake 2 next week at the Fortress up in Eden Park. That's right. That's right. So Wellington's actually a pretty good place for the Wallabies. They've won a few games there over the years. 30 years ago, pretty much to the – not to the day, but 30 years ago – we broke a bit of a hoodoo uh, against the the All Blacks. Uh, Phil Kearns scored the try against Sean Fitzpatrick mm. and gave him the finger. Um, Twenty years ago, it was John Eels's kick to win in Welling, Windy Wellington, and the, and they won that game as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's not the worst place for the Wallabies. And South Africa had a win there as well against the All Blacks and broke a big streak for them. Um, a couple of years ago as well, I believe, or might have even been last year. But, um, yeah, it's it's certainly – it's not the happiest hunting ground for the All Blacks, but and it's not so bad for, for visiting teams. Do you think any of the uh, boardroom stouches between the unions uh, with the potential of the All Blacks being forced to uh, stay in isolation for Christmas may spill over into the intensity of the battle on the weekend? I, I sort of hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I hope it doesn't. I was talking to Matt Tamura on our podcast, the Fox Rugby podcast, the other day, and I asked him that exact question. And he said, "Look, as a rugby fan, it's hard not to think about it because, mm-hmm. um, you know, as well as being players, they're actually fans of the game and they like to be informed of what's happening." And he's also the Rupert president, so he kind of needs to yeah. get across what's happening in that sort of situation. And uh, he, he was saying, "Look, you know, they." It's hard not to think about it, but they're trying not to. Um, yeah. I've just seen a, an article just drop from Tom Decent talking about a, a bit of a, a reshuffle of um, test matches for for the rugby championship, which would see the All Blacks get home in time, but it'll be New Zealand rugby having to foot the bill for all of that, which would include broadcast and all that sort of stuff as well. So they're going to get home for Christmas, but it's going to cost them, I think. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, New Zealand haven't usually won to play up to the media too much. They do their talking on the pitch, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that All Blacks Type 5 come out swinging on Sunday. Yeah, I agree with you. I tell you what, though, everything else, they're carrying on like absolute pork chops. So <laughs> I hope there's a little bit of uh, street justice that's dished out by the Wallabies as well. That's that's my that's my um, green and gold coming out there, uh, 100%. Yeah. I like it, mate, and I know uh, we'll all be watching. I'm sure a, a big, healthy uh, set of eyeballs in the Shoot Shield community will be out uh, out and about Sydney and, and at home watching the big test match on Sunday. So go you Wallabies, and let's hope for let's hope for something special, mate. Um, 
we're almost there. The regular season, we're coming in the final round, round thirteen. It's um, it's come around quick in a shortened season, but um, it's feel, I feel like it's been a, it's been a really good um, season today. I, I don't feel like um, we've been shortchanged too much, um, and uh, I think we've got a bumper final series ahead of uh, ahead of us. Um, but we've got another week to get get out of the way first. Mate, I've absolutely loved this shortened season. Look, I know everyone loves, and you know it's 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 much more uh, beneficial for everyone to have the the home and away round. But I think that almost less has been more this year, and yeah. um, every game has meant something. Like it's been really counted for everyone, um, and and we you know we've seen a, a very deserved final six get locked in last weekend. But gee, it's um, it's it's cutthroat, and I, I really like that about this year's Shoot Shield. Yeah, it's funny the whole less is more debate. I kind of I'm on the same page. I mean, everything does mean a lot. I mean, well, I guess we've been used to the four home and away. That was definitely this day and age not going to happen anymore. Eighteen rounds is what we've been having. It's still a long season, but you know, if it had to be the abbreviated season, it really hasn't for me. I don't think anyone will feel too aggrieved with a lesser amount of fixtures. It just means everything was a bit more important. It was a, it was a full round of, of, of matches. So, um, yeah, I think we've we've had a really fair and um, equitable sort of comp and, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing how it all washes up because I'm looking at the ladder and the top six is all confirmed. Uh, it just depends on which order. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there's some big games this weekend, isn't there, coming up, uh, and some really interesting results from the weekend just gone as well. So it's uh, it's it's oh, it's it's a great run into the finals. Yeah, we'll talk about those ladder permutations shortly. We'll just have a quick look at the results. Um, TG Milner, the Woodies uh, continue to impress. They're sitting very nicely. Um, coming into the final round, they had a big win against the Rats. Uh, too good for Ringer, forty-seven to twenty-one. I note it was forty-seven to seven with with about five to go. So Rats did score a couple of late tries on, um, but Woody's just looking like uh, uh, you know a well-oiled machine. And Ringer, you know, uh, not have as good a year as certainly what they've had the last three years. That's for sure. Back, they're not going to be on any grand finals this year, I'm afraid. No, that's right, unfortunately for them. But, uh, yeah, the Woodies, uh, it's been hard to get a gauge on them because they haven't really been on TV much this year and mm. they've been hard to get a get on um, Clutch and, and Bar TV and that sort of thing as well. You haven't really seen much of them unless you've actually been out and watched the Woodies play. Um, I, I got a chance to see them early in the season. But, again, I think guys like Matt Gonzalez and Tane Edmed, their halves combination were really strong on the weekend. Tane Edmed winning a, a, an award at the Waratahs Awards the other night as well. So yeah. that's, a, that's a good um, indication of his talent. And then um, yeah. you know, their wingers, they're good all on one wing who's just a beast. And then Nwanganita Wasi on the other wing with a hat trick on the weekend. Uh, and and there's, a, and there's a Waratah. Um, you know, they've got genuine strike power across the park. Yeah, they do. And uh, Edmed's ticking along really nicely at fly half, kicking his goals too, turning all those five pointers into seven pointers. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're looking like a, a, you know, a, a real threat this year. Um, Paddy CEO again. Um, you Paddy know, CEO. Paddy CEO. That was an interesting uh, match, match report we saw. I don't know what's going on there. I blame autocorrect, but I'm not sure how that works out. But 
we all maybe it was our... voice. Maybe it was voice recognition typing or something. Oh, it's good. If you haven't seen the article, someone's written Patrick CEO as Patrick, not C S I O. It's C E O. So he's been given, been given the executive treatment on Patty, <laughs> the boss of the Woodies. The boss of the Woodies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but look, um, Eastwood, Eastwood certainly going to trouble some teams come finals. Um, Ringer, obviously, you know, it's becoming a little bit of a disappointing year. Um, they, they've got uh, a little bit more to play for this weekend. They've uh, got Norse, and I know uh, we're going to see a real uh, exodus of some some huge names up at Rats. Uh, Josh Holmes, Dave Felch here, uh, Sam Ward, and I think Rob Kelly all playing their last game for the club. So, um, really big day for the Rats, and I know they'll get up um, to see those guys off properly. Yeah, and, and the, we, we are going to talk about the permutations on the ladder, I guess, but for North, such an important game, you know, a finish, finish in top two or mm. or dropping could, could could drop considerably down the ladder a bit. So, uh, yeah. yeah, big game there. It'll be, um, yeah, but I, and the Rats are, are notoriously um, really good at performing when they want to give someone a send-off. Yeah, especially at home. Uh, Benny Maher, again, just can't keep mentioning this guy. I think he's had more line breaks, more tackle busts than any player in the competition this year. So what a uh, what a 2020 he's had individually. Yeah, yeah, flying up those Ken Catchpole ratings, I, I would say, probably as well. You'd think so, yeah. Um, certainly um, players from teams that not necessarily up the pointy and have won the Ken Catchpole uh, many times. I know, you know, Hamish Angus won it a few times from the Rats when they weren't um, quite the powerhouse they are. Adrian Musical, as we know. So, yeah, that's a good shout. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure it's, it's gone away from ref's vote to coach's vote. If you ask me, that's an absolute blessing. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, look, um, it'll be interesting to see how the Ken Cashball uh, washes up. They're going to award that, I think, this year in between second grade and first grade grand final day. I think that's as good as we can do in 2020, which is understandable. Yeah, terrific. That's um, yeah, that, and I think that's a good way to celebrate grand final day as well. Give the, give the you know most valuable player of the competition, um, best and fairest away. Nice way to do it, I reckon. I agree. Uh, next round that uh, next game of that round that um, just passed uh, the two blues uh, put in plenty of points against the beasties, but uh, didn't you know it wasn't enough. Uh, Eastern Suburbs taking that one out fifty two to thirty six. You catch any of this action? Yeah, I did actually. It was it was quite entertaining. I watched I watched the highlights of, of this one. Um, you know, the the two blues got out to a, a, a decent sort of a lead. I think they were they were leading uh, twelve points to seven for a good chunk of the first half. Um, tries to their two wingers, Dalavusa and um, and and Philip Pale as well on the left wing. He scored the first try of the game. Um, a, a first half hat trick though the beasties to uh, Will Maddox was was quite outstanding. Um, I tell you the guy who stood out for me though, apart from Will Maddox, who's just electric actually, he was really hard to catch, and every time he injected himself was um, was dangerous. But the guy who stood out on the field to me again, and I've mentioned him a few times on Shootcast, is Tepai Moroa. Just his yeah. presence on the field for the Two Blues. You know, the, the Two Blues have had guys who've played for them over the, the last probably decade or whatever that have had a presence on the field. They just can't build the guys around them. But I think Tepo Moreau is definitely one of those guys. He's 
He was actually involved in everything good that, that the two Blues did. He had some sort of hand in it. Um, and he's just a, he's a big human. He, play, he plays with a 13 on his back but got into first receiver a lot. Uh, yeah, so I was really, really impressed with his his performance uh, on the weekend. But, yeah, the, the beast is just too good. They just they opened him up in the last 20 minutes or so again. Um, and there was a couple of tries, sort of end-to-end stuff, um, a couple of tries to the, the two Blues late. But, you know, the, the beasties through that sort of middle third had had, um, had really destroyed them and, and broken the uh, back of the game. Yeah, good to hear Will Maddox had another uh, strong game. He's a bloody good player. There's obviously a lot of depth at East um, in the back line, but um, he's a real club servant and he's a dominant second-grade player. But as you can see, you know, I don't think he's far away from being a regular in first grade. He's just got such electric pace and a, a really good nouse for the game. Yeah, got a bit of the honey badges about him as well with the, the long he's grown hair. The, he's grown the hair, yeah. Yeah, yeah long hair and the and the, the head tape. So, um, yeah, mm. I think that there's definitely a, a bit of honey badger in the way he plays as well. I think he runs, he you know, hits the ball hard when he and, and, and runs holes really well as well. So, um, yeah, three tries to him on the weekend. Good stuff. I guess Paulie will be probably a little concerned about the amount of points they leak, but, um, you know, you know, put a player like Tepai Moroa in there and that's why the Waratahs have got players like that. They can create things and, uh, you know, uh, if they're good enough, they, they're going to they're gonna hurt you. Yeah, absolutely. As I said, he just – he was in everything that they did well. He was there. Thereabouts had a touch in it. Um, you know, was breaking the line. Uh, you know, classy um, little little sort of finesse uh, passing plays and that sort of stuff. Offloads off the deck. He was, yeah, really good. So I, I think you know he's a he's certainly a guy to to keep an eye on. I, I really enjoyed watching him uh, throughout the season. Absolutely, mates. Um, out at Nepean, uh the high flying Highlanders far too good for the Emus. Uh, 97 to nil uh, in favour of Gordon. Obviously, um, not the result the competition wants to see, but let's let's pay our respect to Gordon. They have been the best side all year. They're very complete, and um, look, they've they've been a cut above most of the competition. So uh, it, it is what it is. And uh, with that result, Gordon go through the mine premiership, which is which is fully well deserved. Yeah, absolutely. They they, they win the mine premiership, as you say, and. Um, they are just a, they're cut above the the emus. Um, you know there were, there are times watching the highlights of this game that you you just sort of you thought oh do, do the emus practice tackling? I'm sure they do. They, the former yeah. Bobby's defence coach is their coach, but it was there was there were just some really soft moments. Um, you know that that's not to take anything away from Gordon who you know ran hard. Um, deserved the victory, nearly raised the bat in the end. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you don't like seeing those type of scores, but they, they are a classy team, Gordon, and that's what they'll do to you if you, you don't turn up. No, they've only had the one blemish against Norse um, last week. Was it last week or the week before? Yeah. And, uh, you know, their points differential is 356-4. It's, um, it's a seriously impressive outfit to be winning – you know, the minor premiership in a shortened season already with a round to go just speaks volumes. Um, there's no hiding, unfortunately, for uh, Darren Coleman and his troops. They're the team to beat, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and just while we're on the emus, just a little shout-out to the second-grade team. So, again, that was a bit of a cricket score as well. However, the only try that they scored was um, scored by the under-10s RSL coach and ex-emu of hundreds of games, Sia Tavaiovayu. And um, he, his and Henry Schaaf's son were ball boys, and he threw on the boots for the last 10 minutes. And if you go back onto Clutch TV and watch – um, this try at the back end of the game. It's a classy little play as well. So, uh, yeah, okay. I, I got tweeted uh, by the Penrith RSL Rugby Twitter page to give that a mention, so I thought I'd better give it a shout-out because it was – I went and actually had a look at it and it was a very classy little play, a little grubber through. It was like Alfie Langer-style grubber through and uh, dives on it and scores the try. So, uh, yeah, well done to those guys and, yeah, Throwing the boots on, um, you know, the veteran to Vovu um, and, and Henry Schaaf's son as well as the ball boys, they were all there. So pretty cool oh, to, pretty cool for the um, for the emus. That's scary to think that Henry Schaaf's genes are still floating around the pan, mate. <laughs> I uh, you know, I had a I didn't have many first grow games in my life, but I did get some time against Penrith uh, one afternoon, a cold winter's day. And uh, ball came off the back of the line out, and Henry Scharf picked it up and had a 15 metre run up, looked straight at me, and absolutely bulldozed me. It was the most fearful. It was he was 15 metres away, but it felt like it went for an hour, and uh, it was just slow mo. Uh, don't remember a thing. Got my head in the wrong position. He did fall over somehow. Um, I remember coming off the field, my father just gave it to me because, uh, yeah, he was a special player. But I think he was probably in his late 40s at that stage. So, <laughs> yeah, it's good to hear that he's, um, he's the younger generation hanging out there because that's a serious rugby family. Just a classic throw the head into the spikes of the, the uh, box, was it? Just dust, turn to dust. Yeah. yeah, for club and country, mate. I just uh, <laughs> well had a crack, had a crack. Don't remember much about it. But, um, yeah, anyway, well we, move <laughs> we move on. We move on. Um, mate, I went down to Foreshore on uh, Saturday to watch the, my beloved Mullins, and I was treated to an absolute cracking game. Oh, belter, um, wasn't it? What about mate, it? Well, these are the two teams that, you know, maybe people could say they're feeling a bit sorry for themselves, but widely publicised, probably two of the teams that got um, bigger injury counts than most. Um, and I think both clubs, I would say, probably in a similar spot, you know, rebuilding a lot of players into the system. And maybe not the year this year, but um, hopefully next year. But, uh, mate, South uh, started like a house on fire, but Manly just kept coming back and it just went tit for tat all afternoon. Uh, late in the game, Manly thought they'd, they'd won it and then South scored with about three to go and then Manly iced the game uh, with the whistle gone. It was a funny one because South was sort of still in the hunt. I don't know if the score lines from around the grounds had got to the half time, but didn't feel like the whole lot of intensity. I just think both sides were out in their feet. But um, Manly would be really happy to finish the season on a bit of an upward curve. And what's you know largely been a disappointing year. But thinking about all the players they've blooded and the performances of some of their their younger players, Yul uh, Yul was exceptional. He's really grown, grown a leg in the last um, couple of weeks. Max Douglas, both those players obviously in the Waratahs Academy. And, um, yeah, just some, some really good um, young kids that are coming through the system. So, look, that bodes well for us to, to finish the year on. But um, it was a great game in general. And I think um, as Todd Lowndes and Matt McGoldrick said after the game, there really wasn't a whole lot between it. Yeah, it was brilliant to watch. 
brilliant to watch. Yule Yule's try, individual, just brilliant. He, he split Scary. him up the middle. And then when he was running, he looked like he was just cruising in slow motion. But geez, That's what he does. That's what he does. He's, he's bizarre. I'll be telling um, – Everyone all year, this kid's going to score a stack of tries. <laughs> after the after the match, there's apparently a bit of a sprinting debate on between Douglas and Yule and uh, Matt McGoldrick. But as someone said, Yule will just do what he needs to win. He'll have a, he'll have a hundred meter race against the coach Goldie, and um, he'll win by five minutes. He just does what he needs to do. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, mate, I tell you what, he. he- he burned them on Saturday Arvo down at Foreshore and probably with the wind at his back as well. And um, and Max Douglas as well, he's the other guy that you mentioned just then. There was a couple of great moments from him where he just got into the backfield but didn't didn't panic, um, you know, took the tackle rather than try to throw the miracle offload at times. Um, and, and for a young bloke like him to show that sort of maturity was, yeah. you know, particularly in a, it was there were pretty crucial moments when he made those breaks as well. Um, well, to score a try like that in the yeah. 80th minute, not many, not many, not many forwards like that score a try in the 80th minute. You know, beat four or five and ran about 30 meters. It was bloody impressive. And I know Rob Penny was at the game, so uh, you know these guys are in the the Gen Blues. So you know, promising signs. Um, in that regard, but you know, South are South are a good outfit, and you know they've had some some great um, wins this year. But uh, yeah, it wasn't their day on Saturday, but there was really wasn't a whole lot in it. No, that's right, and uh, you know that's probably the season that should have been for South. I think out mm. of all the teams that uh, you know there, I think I'm most disappointed for South because they have a really good team. They've got a, they've got a really good set piece. Um, you know they've had to. Their scrum, their scrum was absolutely excellent. It really gave Manly some problems. And, you know, Manly's had a pretty good scrum this year, but Souths uh, were fantastic. And, you know, you've got to think they've had injuries uh, to players like Tim Metcher. So uh, very impressive at set pieces, you say. Absolutely. You know, players like young James Finch and and Clayton Clinch, the Imperials, we call them the Inches. Mm-hmm. Um, the they were they were great on the weekend. Uh, you know, Kay Yassis, who's had to play pretty much every position in the back line this year, yeah. um, was Top points scorer, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's he was brilliant again uh, for them, particularly early in the game. So yeah, but I'm just I'm most disappointed for them, I think, because you know they they should be in the finals. I think just you're right, injuries probably crueled them at the back end. Injuries and consistency, yeah. Like they've had some big wins, but they've had some some bad slip ups. So, you know, um, lots to build on uh, for next year. I know, obviously, Todd Lowne will be back, so you'd expect them to uh, to go up the positions. You'd hope, and, and I think Manly will uh, hope to be in the same boat. Yeah, totally. All right, um, mate. TV match. I've been saying it. The Empire. <laughs> The Empire is back. <laughs> They're back. We predicted it last week. You know, Norse have been very, very good, but uh, Uni at home uh, with a must-win, you know, game, um, they just dominated the scrum. And, uh, you know, like I wouldn't say they're, they're, they're as complete a side as they've been in the last few years. I do feel like they will get better even in, you know, the next week or two. Um, but... If your scrum is that dominant and your nine and ten have got their head screwed on, you're going to be hard to beat regardless who you play. And I'm talking anyone. You know, they did give Gordon a real 
good game at Chatswood a couple of weeks ago. Um, they've got enough class in the front row, back row. Backs maybe not as good as previous seasons, but still good enough. So um, they really squeezed the life out of Norse in this game. Yeah, they certainly did. I think I think the Sydney Uni, the, the thing that they do so well, and particularly at this time of the year, is they just do the basics so well, don't they? They're just so well drilled. And that's that's from that's every team in the club. That's not just first grade. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, the that's that's why they're such a champion club. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I think they did they did the basics really well against Norse. I mean it was a pretty um, scrappy old game, uh, but they did what they had to. They did what they had to do. Um, you know, there was a lot of yellow cards and what have yeah, you. There's a bit of criticism online I saw about the game, and you know, maybe it wasn't the best watch, but I don't know if there was a whole lot Amy Perrett could do. I mean, no, you know, that's right. Someone whinging about you know uh, yellow cards and scrums, and you have to bring a replacement prop on. Well. To be honest, you know the basis of your footy game's got to be your scrum. It's the foundation of your of your game, and Uni are the best at it. Yes, um, they have got players of a very strong caliber in those positions. But if anyone wants to win the shoot shield, you have to meet Uni at scrum time. It's Absolutely, just, and, that, and that is what and that's what they've shown the last two years, and they've shown that in previous premierships. If you can't match them up front, you can you, you can really struggle to win the comp. Mate, the, the, the Springboks won a World Cup. On that basis, last year, their their whole their whole um, tactic was get the opposition tight head off the field, and um, and they'll, they'll know that they've won the game, and they did that early in the game. With oh, that was funny in the first minute. That was just it was that was the critical loss for, for England in that game. But it um, really was. It really was. And, yeah, that's that's just what Sydney Uni are doing too. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're going to win a World Cup, but geez, they're you know they're, they're playing that game. Yeah, Tom Robertson uh, looks like a real cornerstone now of the side. Um, I think it's, you know, obviously he's heading off to the force, I think, next year. So, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, you know, he, yeah, you know, like any good uni boy, they'll, they'll want to, um, you know, do their best for their club before they before they meet those commitments. So, yeah, I think um, it's going to be interesting. Uni have got uh, Western City this weekend. Um, so they're going to bumble into the finals um, for sure. And it's just going to be interesting where they finish and, who's going to get them first round because they're going to be a, a real tough opponent. Uh, final uh, match of the round was up at Newcastle. And I'm hearing just before I announce the result that Hunter will be back um, for 2021, which I, I believe. Uh, but anyway, the Pirates too good in this one, uh, West Harbour 41, uh, Hunter 26. But it would be good to see uh, Wildfires back next year. Hey, Sweeney? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think they've just added a different flavour, haven't they? And, and you know, yeah. they, they obviously um, they obviously have struggled with results through the year, but you know they've been they've been there or thereabouts in a couple of those games um, that they lost. Um, you know, they had the win uh, against. I think it might have been the two Blues that that win. Um, yeah, had a draw against the Marlins too. Draw against the Marlins, yep. That was a huge got, game as well. And they've got Pen- Penrith this weekend. So, you know, obviously Penrith will be hoping they break their drought. But, you know, um, they certainly haven't disgraced themselves. They've, they've finished above a couple of other, um, you know, shoot shield regulars. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think the, for the shoot shield as well, for the for the other teams, having that road trip, you know, it's it's just something a bit different. And, yeah, that's um, great. It's good. It's good for teams to bond on the bus and what have you. And um, you know, we're, obviously, we're in different times now with um, COVID and all that sort of stuff. But oh, I think they've got a couple of 
you know, exciting players in their team um, as well. You know, we saw them through the air. I think Gio, the the winger, was um, was pretty good again uh, on the weekend. And yeah, look, mate, they've got. I, I didn't get to see that game, but um, yeah, they, they've certainly got some some talent up there, and you know, they can draw on that whole Hunter region as well now. And I'm sure that now that that it, now they've got a season under their belt, a shortened season. Um, They'll be able to do a bit more recruiting and, yeah, we'll see what happens from there. Pirates, I have to say, have disappointed me a little bit. I thought they might be a side this year that'd be pushing up um, potentially into final spots, maybe not quite there, but they're seemingly still got a bit of work to go. I just thought they had a very good-looking squad. A couple of players of note trickled back in, but um, it hasn't happened for the Pirates as much as I'm sure Mark Goodmanson would, would have hoped. Yeah, that's right. Um, again, we've spoken about um, you know Pat Pellegrini. They're ten. Um, yeah. I think I think you know you probably they probably need to build their their squad around him now. Yeah, um, you know they, he's, he's an exciting young player. Um, they had you know Dion Spice there as well um, in their halves. Like if they can build their team around their halves combination um, now. Uh, I reckon they've got the, the bones of a decent team, you know, with you know, uh, uh, Cam Beatham and Satawala in in the front row, a couple of real experienced campaigners. Um, you know, they just need to start developing um, some players through, don't they? They do. I just noted in the wildfires, Paul Dan started at number nine. I just wonder if that's the Paul Dan I played with at man. <laughs> Family about ten years ago because he was from Newcastle and you know he might have answered the injury call. That's what we love about the shoot shield, mate. There you go. There you go. Probably is born oh, 1985, is. so he's you know thirty five years of age. Well, he's my age. What, what's my excuse? Yeah, yeah. What is your excuse, mate? I don't know, mate. I would get back, get back down to fourth grade, but um, yeah, that's sorry. I've just seen that. Let's just um, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. That's gold if it is the case. But, uh, yeah, look, um, I think uh, West Harbour hopefully pushing up into it next year, but um, not going to feature in the finals this year. Yeah. But I'll tell you who are our top six as it stands. Uh, first place, Gordon and minor premiers. Northern Suburbs, their nemesis in second spot. The Woodies in third. East and Ramick, our two uh, eastern clubs. And uh, Sydney University rounding out the six. Uh, some big matches this weekend. Um, we've got the Eastern Suburbs uh, door, the Battle of the East, uh, East and Ramwick. Um, it'll be very interesting uh, match, that one, because that's going to decide their finishing positions. Um, Woods and Gordon, another bumper game, 1v3. That's huge. And it's at Eastwood, so I'm really interested to see how Gordon's going to get up for that one. Um, Western Sydney taking on University. Penrith taking on Hunter. Um, both teams will be desperate in that one. Rats and uh, Norse, huge game, as we said. Obviously, Rats fairing, uh, sending farewell to a lot of uh, huge players for the club over the past uh, better part of the last 10 years, you'd say, uh, up against Norse, who had the slip-up against Uni, so they'll be hoping to bounce back and keep momentum into the finals. And West Harbour taking on South. Marlins are um, already hit the pubs, mate. We've got the bite to finish. <laughs> Mad I Monday. Believe, I believe they Mad have, Monday? Uh, no, Mad Monday, mate. No, I don't. I, I'm a believer that Mad Monday should only happen when you make a grand final and win or lose, you continue on. But uh, maybe that's a bit strict. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can maybe just enjoy the company of your teammates on a... On yeah, a... I think they had a bit of a bus trip home from the weekend, so that sounds like they had a, 
had a, had a good had a good send off, but um, mate, really good, really exciting top six. Can't complain too much who's in and who's out. Um, but you know where they all finish is going to be very interesting. Yeah, and some really high stakes games, aren't there? I mean, for Norths, they've got everything to lose, don't they? Uh, and nothing to gain, really, because they can. Um, if they win, they stay in second. But if they if they lose, they could drop considerably. Eastwood and Gordon. Um, you know, the, the game for me is Eastern Suburbs and Randwick, which I'll be over at Willara Oval calling that one for uh, on at five o'clock on Saturday, Arvo. So mm-hmm. you can watch that one live. And myself and Gordy Bray jumping in the booth. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a big game because you know the the winner of that could jump could jump to second theoretically. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a huge one. Or they could or they could stay where they are. Um, and then yeah, Sydney Uni who have got uh, the two blues. Is that right? Yeah, they got the two blues. Two blues. I mean, they you know that's probably that's yeah. probably four points if not five points. Yeah. Uh, so they're putting the pressure on. Yeah, it's a it's a cracking final round, um, particularly for that top six. Yeah, and I presume it's uh, I don't know. It's the home finals. They're going to dedicate some grounds. I heard Rat Park may feature, which would make sense. So um, I guess we'll wait and see how this weekend goes, and um, we'll look towards the finals with interest, uh, mate. You uh, you've got some official duties on Sunday, do you? Or are you going to get to some shoot shield on Saturday as well? Uh, yeah, doing a bit of both, mate. So I'll be doing some shoot shield on Saturday. Um, Beasties have asked if I could come and and uh, call that game on Saturday evening. So I'll head over there and help them out. And then Sunday, mate, I'll be in the producer's chair. We've got a uh, all new panel to sit and watch um, that game, which will be good. Uh, Tony Squires hosting with uh, Justin Harrison, George Gregan, and Andrew Merton. So. Um, should get a nice bit of analysis, a bit of fun out of those guys as well and uh, hoping for a great test match because it's just great to see Test footy back. Yeah, I'm very excited, mate. I, uh, it's going to be a shame. There's not going to be much gold in the crowd. Yeah, well, if, if any, mate, if any. <laughs> what is, what's that What's that great New Zealand's um, rapper, scribe? Not many, if any. <laughs> yes, Swaney, yes, the great scribe. He raps about Super Rugby teams, so yeah, he's got he's South stolen. Canterbury. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that's where that's pretty sure that's where the Wallabies have been in quarantine. So there you go. Choice, bro. All right, mate. We'll enjoy it on um, on Sunday. I'll enjoy it too. I'll catch you next week. Have a great weekend. You too, mate.